welcome podcast listeners to the immersive irony podcast this is alex future alex actually this is the second part of two since we went really long so if you haven't listened to the first part i suggest you go ahead and uh turn that one on but the show will pick up just as we left it in the first part with alan um, I um, hit up Sesame Place. Uh, my friends from uh, Tennessee were coming up to ride Oscar, so I was like, okay, don't mind if I do. It was really nice. Uh, we went for closing, and by that time, all the kids uh, either have melted down or have gone are taking naps, so the water park was walk-on. Uh, yeah, we rode the uh, – what's I, I, I keep forgetting the name of it, but everyone knows it. It's the big rubber ducky ride. Uh, family raft ride type thing which is really cool it's yeah. like a raft family it's like part like family raft ride where it you know goes up on the high banks and stuff like that and then it's like part like lazy river uh with lots of drops offs and uh double dips and a double dip at the end really fun family raft ride and you know last time era and i uh went to the water park for a few hours last year uh in the middle of the day and we've learned from a mistake to just to close it out because we waited like 45 minutes for that thing and then uh, we rode it three times uh, that night, and we waited probably a combined total of like five minutes. So, um, yeah, it's uh, and they have a really cool lazy river too. Uh, like halfway through it, it has these like little like I call them like little spas. It's just like little like little uh, little like sections you can go off of the lazy river and just hang out. And there and then there's like bubbles that are uh, coming up from below the water. So that's cool. Um, and then Oscar's running great as always. Um, you know, go ride it. It's fantastic. You need to ride it. I do need to ride it. Yeah. You uh you were a good man and didn't ride it when you could have back in April to wait for your wife. So It'll happen. We'll get there. It'll happen. Uh we went to Casino Pier, because uh, they had the enthusiast event. Uh it's like twenty five bucks for an all day wristband that included mini golf, the sky ride, and the go karts. Fantastic deal considering uh, I think a two-hour wristband is like close to 40, 50 bucks, and doesn't include uh, those additional rides that I talked about. Uh, went with Jeff and uh, rode Hydrus, uh, rode Hydrus 13 times. We rode uh, Pirates Hideaway seven times. Uh, that ride's messed up, man. That Pirates Hideaway, ugh, so messed up. It's it's a guilty pleasure, I think, of mine. Uh, the more we rode it, the more I enjoyed it. Uh, so. It's so weird. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, it's like a, um, it's almost like a wild mouse ride. It's a recreation of a ride they used to have called Wizard's Cavern. It has a spiral lift hill, kind of like the Volairs, and then it does a couple of drops and it has a like really good scenery package on the outside of the building, and then it goes inside of the building where you're expecting some kind of theming or lights or something, and it's just a big empty room of nothingness. Um, and I think it will always stay that way because it's been 15 years like that, so I don't think they're planning on adding anything anytime soon uh hydrus is a fantastic gersh lawler uh eurofighter lap bar only uh very similar layout to uh kenobi lake park except it doesn't have the final helix uh before the break run which is fine um a really good positive g's through the loop uh that loop is really circular so it really pushes into your seat a really good overbank it's almost a cutback it's so um it's so banked so heavily it almost feels like a diversion the uh, they have a uh the shore shot which is sns shot tower and uh 
Yeah, we were lining up for it, and the only operator's panel we could see was like a naval pattern. And from where we were standing at the entrance, we could not see an operator booth anywhere. And then we finally got on the ride, and we see like two buildings away that has like a perfect view of the uh, the ride itself. Was it actually an operator? It just was like nowhere near the ride. It's kind of funny. I think that's just where they were able to fit it. So that was cool. It's it's a double shot, uh, a really tall double shot, like 125 feet plus probably. And uh, the cycle ends, and they just send you a second time. So that's fun. Uh, we did their mini golf. It was like old school. There's two mini golf courses. The one that we were able to do was the old school one, which is like a putt-putt. It's on top of the uh, arcade building right on the uh, pier. And it was fun. Uh, the sky ride is really cool. I'd never done that before, but it is painfully slow and it takes you very far down the boardwalk away from, um, uh, casino pier. It's $6 to do round trip, $4 to do one way. My uh, suggestion is if you're going to come here and pay extra to do the sky ride, just do $4 one way and then walk back because it, you'll get all the scenic views you need going one way. Um, yeah. Oh, and we saw the Jersey shore house and I felt dirty just seeing it. Ugh. Um, I had no idea it was that close. And like my friend Jeff, he he'd seen the show because of his significant other. Uh, she watched it, so he picked up on things just being in the same room, not actively watching it. But I had no idea they had worked at the one shop, and I don't know that whatever. Uh, so uh, they're adding three new rides, three or four new rides. Uh, none of them are open yet, as of two weeks ago. Um. The one that is, they're they're adding like a little mini, uh, flume ride. You know, like the like the really tiny ones. They're usually like little canoe boats, for little kids. Uh, they're adding one of those uh SBF like uh, spinning rides that use the coaster cars, like uh, Knobles added. I don't know what their mm -hmm. model name is. Do you do you know by any chance? I don't recall. It's like crazy. T I was gonna say crazy taxi. It's a video game. Crazy cabs, um, right? Some, yeah, something like that. Like they had one at um. Oh God! What is that place called? It's a uh, one of those kitty parks in Chicago, one of the outdoor ones. Oh, okay. Uh, Haunted Trails, maybe I think in Burbank. As oh, one, okay. Right next to the Minor Mike, and I remember being like, "Wow, those are the those are the same coaster, you know, the same cars as the coasters." But, <laughs> yeah. like, slapped on a flat ride, so that was uh, talk about the PTC way of reusing parts. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> but actually, in a good way this time. <laughs> But uh, I felt like I needed to look this up uh, because we're probably going to end up talking about it a billion times because they're going to pop up everywhere. But moving on, they're also uh, recreating a ride that also got lost in Sandy. Uh, they had an indoor scrambler um, that uh, they're rebuilding. We got to go inside. Uh, we weren't able to take any photos because they didn't want to uh, give away the effects. I, I don't know. Uh, but that looks like it's going to look really cool. It's a really big building and uh, lots of air conditioning, so that will be fun. Um, man, what's this ride called? Is it not on their website? <laughs> oh, wow. SVF Vista has a knockoff rocking tub. I'm not that surprised, but they do. <laughs> wow, man, I've never looked at their – have you ever looked at their website? No, it might be on Rides for You. Oh, uh, Okay. That's, I'll do that real quick. Um, wow, I had no idea some of the knockoffs they have. Do you have any idea when this company actually started business? SBF Visa? 
Yeah, it kind of looked like a period while, like several many years, I would say. Um, it, I don't even know what it's called. Crazy Cats. Was I actually right about that? Apparently. Um, All right. Yeah, that's at least that's the one at Haunted Trails. Okay, I gotta ride um, one of those one. And that's the times. same name for the one at Jenkinson's. It's a mini breakdance from SBF Visa. There you go. Hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw that at Jenkinson's. I did the new spinning coaster at Jenkinson's. That happened also. Uh, the 5.0 model. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. I like it. I like it more than the uh, the figure eights. And probably the... Yeah, I, I like it more. Um, if you, We rode in the back seat, and it has a little... It's like a wacky worm layout almost. And the second drop is... Uh, in the back seat, it's very abrupt. So it gives a really good pop of airtime, and you never, you know, it's always going to be random what direction you're facing. So uh, way better than I was expected. Obviously not as good as the replacement of the Flitzer because the Flitzers are really fun. Uh, but fortunately we found that that Flitzer is living another life. Unlike Maury's, which was just completely done and worn out and they just had to get rid of it. There was no other choice. This one apparently still has life left because it is going down to uh Jolly Roger in Ocean City, Maryland. So, Excellent. Be called Barracuda. And uh, that is it for me, I believe. All right. You did so, some stuff. Now that now that the, the listeners are now two hours into this, I'm so sorry. We but need to do this more often. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the, main, that's the biggest issue. So um, I'll go through Cedar Point really quickly. So I went to Cedar Point with the weekend. Kyle and Jenna who we hung out with in New England two weeks before, flew out to Detroit. We picked him up. We went to Breakers. We stayed overnight. We actually arrived there the night of Coaster Mania, but we obviously were not attending because, yeah. Um, we shared a suite over at Breakers, so we had a nice, you know, easy walk into the park the following morning. Um, we got uh, Fastlane Plus. Oh. That we could have a reasonable day because Jenna had never been to Cedar Point. Kyle had not been there since 2001. Jesus we just, Christ. We did not wow. want to wait for a lot of stuff. Um, or at the very least, like, you know, when we would go on things, like, we wanted to have some degree of control over our day. And, you know, be able to, <clears throat> uh, to, to take it at a slightly more relaxed pace. I think we still ended up walking, like, 24,000 steps that day. Um, we probably circled the park like three times. What does that translate into miles? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot. It was it was like twelve <laughs> or thirteen miles of walking. Um, but we rode pretty much all the big stuff. He is not. He and his wife are not big onto positive G rides, like anything oh. that has multi inversions. So we actually didn't even ride Raptor or Rougarou with them. Uh, we did ride Gatekeeper. He he rode with us on. Val Raven as well. Um, but, you know, we got rides on Maverick, which were great. It's Maverick. Uh, Magnum, we rode a ton. We rode Mav- or Magnum so many times. Um, How about those uh, lighting effects? I like it. I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's not much. It's just LED strips and some sort of ambient noise, but who cares? It's a little extra something something. Better than nothing. Um, we didn't ride Gemini because it raced for like half of Saturday. The blue side aired out, and then they didn't race it again for the rest of the weekend. So we skipped that. Didn't go to Forbidden. 
island frontier, whatever it is. Just oh man, it. why not? Uh, because there were rides to go on. I know, I'm joking. There was fun stuff. <laughs> stuff I, honestly, about. let's be honest. That actually kind of looks neat, but it's just not something I'm interested in doing. At Cedar I, Point. I there's so many things to do at Cedar Point, and that is way low on the totem pole. Now, if that was put in knots, I would commend the crap out of them. Well, it is uh, a knots kind of. Yeah, I know, I know, but another ex- <laughs> no, another experience that knots already had, like double experiences. It would, like, it would you know, what? it would be fine at somewhere that's like a Greenfield Village or an Old Sturbridge Village or uh, basically an open air museum. I that think it would kind of, those kind of buildings already. You know, you could do it there, and it would work really well at Cedar Point. Nobody's buying a ticket for an immersive game experience at that park. I'm sorry. I think it would work way better at. I mean, it would work way better at some of their smaller parks, like Adarni, yeah. like yeah. where where you know the people aren't necessarily there for roller coasters. Uh, I feel like it would. You know, uh, I'm just wondering. There, if the, it's way no, more permanent I mean, than I was expecting. And look, the way I put it is this: all the people that that say you know that this is the kind of the future of the theme park industry is this kind of interactive experience and theme parks as games how many of those people are going to cedar point this year to experience this none zero i defy anybody to find those people on twitter and ask them when they're going to cedar point not one of them are going to cedar point you know why because cedar point is a is a big iron rides park and they're not going to go for that attraction so who is this appealing to it's not the people that go to cedar point yeah, and from the people who like have gone there and like like uh, describe the people, you know, the the general public who have gone through there, it, it seems like a lot of people are just really confused. Like even Joe, <laughs> Joe is like, you know, at, at the far end of themed immersive nerdery, and he's like, I don't know where yeah. to start. Like, what am I? What do you do? <clears throat> so if you can't win Joe over, like, who are you, no. you going to win over? I like this is not a park that has a huge pass base going to go every day that's going to learn um it sounds like the big hit there is a playscape like they could have skipped spending millions of dollars on building buildings and creating this themed world and hiring all these actors and just built a playscape and save themselves a lot of trouble and everyone would be just as happy oh the playground oh yeah 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 uh, it's way more permanent than i realized i thought it was going to be more temporary looking so no i, I mean I, I don't know what they're going to do with this i really like i assume it's going to be turned into a haunt and it's going to be a really impressive haunt experience come halloween and that's maybe that's the real reason for it but if it's, it's not also, then i don't know what the purpose of this is like it's also just reusing a lot of old uh former attractions right yeah like i yeah i, I don't know it, it doesn't... i don't know i feel like this is just a holding place i hope this is just like a a you know something to fill the space for the time being before they put something really you know significant there yeah like a flying theater or a dark ride or any kind of indoor attraction because by the way it rained while we were there and when it rains at cedar point they close all the roller coasters again so much for that brief window when they would actually run stuff in the rain that, that oh, doesn't well, happen anymore yeah because last year when jeff and i were there they they would <clears throat> run things but all the arrows went down the one train and like mining for a lot of stuff they just decide they don't they're too worried things are going to crash apparently because yeah apparently... they just they shut everything down when we were there and it was oh, like, you know great what are you gonna do? was it hard rain no just drizzle it rained for 45 seconds <sighs> and so that caused like a half hour shutdown for the park because they don't yeah. run anything 
That's infuriating. You need indoor attractions at that park at some point. You do. Um, but anyways, so the important things. Meredith Road Dragster. Okay. Which, which she has never done before. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, I think you've told me this before, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I think because Kyle and Jen had come out there, and they were like, you're going to ride Dragster with us. And she's like, okay, I'll ride Dragster. And her reaction to it was, eh, it's not as good as, as um, whatchamacallit, as Formula Rosa. Oh, okay. And she liked the launch more. She actually liked Red Force more than Dragster. Huh. Never heard that before. Because it, it just has the straight drop rather than the spiral. Has a little airtime thing at the end of that ride too. I forget. What's your opinion? Um, honestly, if I had to pick, it's it's pretty close. Okay. I think Dragster has the better launch, but I agree that I prefer liking going straight right. down. I don't have to. I have to experiment myself because I really like to. I like the spiral. The spiral's so. okay. I'm not. I don't hate it, but it's in any case, it's like it's fun. Not like like Meredith wrote it, and she's like, oh, okay. I guess okay. I can ride that all the time. I'm like, okay, fine. Was Finally she scared now. of it, or just something that just didn't interest her? I don't know. You'd have to ask her. It's one of those <laughs> things where, where I don't know if she had some sort of fear about the cable system uh, okay. or, or what it was. But she's like, yeah, okay, well, that's silly. Not so unreasonable. Now, like, right, now, now there's like no question that she'll ride King to Ka if we go back to Great Adventure. But... It's not an unreasonable fear, though, with the cable system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Um, the big, the big sort of takeaways from, from that weekend were that Cedar Point's operations this year have been really mediocre is what people said online. And I concur. Huh. Um, okay. I think, I don't know if it's a training thing or if it's just pure numbers. There was just like a lot of like general kind of like malaise by the employees and like stuff just wasn't getting dispatched the way that I would expect at Cedar Point. I would say that like Magnum did a pretty good job. Um, Steel Vengeance must have some sort of control issue the way that they're running it because they're intentionally stacking the ride before they dispatch. Um, huh. and, uh, Maverick was good in terms of operations, but a lot of other stuff like Blue Streak was just sluggish. I mean, people were still reading off of the, uh, like the the cue card, like the basically the 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 spiel like card. Hmm. You know, like they would check the train and then read off of this card and then dispatch. It could be some college students that have just finally gotten there. Part of it, there's internationals that have arrived, and they're getting trained. Because yeah. um, as we know, Cedar Point doesn't exactly open their year with uh, adequate staffing. <laughs> but you would hope by like, like the second week of June that yeah, yeah, they would yeah. get things a little bit better under control, and, and it just wasn't it wasn't what I was expecting. Is the way it was so how was your experience with the metal detectors on Steel Vengeance? I had no real issue with them. We got a moving okay. locker, so we stuffed all our stuff in that, you know, throughout the day, every we went, because there was four of us. Okay. Um, and then even when, when my wife and Jenna went to bed early, while Kyle and I uh, went to go ride Maverick one last time and were pelted by bugs, oh, and then we got yeah. our night ride on Steel Vengeance, um... You know, we obviously were still using it, and and that was fine. I, it doesn't it doesn't really change anything. I I don't like the metal detectors typically, but in the case of of that ride, the way that they've integrated the metal detectors is, I guess, about as good as they're going to get. And having the pouches, the location of the pouch is actually really good because you basically can't reach it, so oh, nobody no, can get can't. to their cell phone. So that ceases to be as as significant an issue as it probably could have been otherwise. Um, the other, the, so the other big takeaways other than 
Cedar Point Poor Operations, um, you know, Gemini looking kind of shabby, you know, shabby, and some concern there that those rumors may be true about it possibly going away. I don't like oh, that. I don't like that um, either. I would say, you know, Magnum is it seems to get better every year when I ride it. I don't know how that is. The, the little bit of padding they added to the lap bars does help. And Wait, they, I, they they upgraded it? They they basically just have this very thin covering of padding that's almost like zip tied into place okay. on the top of the lap bar. Huh. So not on the sides, but just on the top. But, uh-huh. you know, anytime you get thrown in the lap bar, it's not just metal anymore. Like, there's something there which helps a little bit. Huh. And... Um, I mean, we were riding in one three and having a blast. Um, can't say much more than that. I mean, one th- that ride, especially in one three, is has crazy airtime. It rides like ride? a wood coaster. I, I love Magnum. Yeah, it's it's it it's probably my favorite traditional hyper, if you want to call there being a difference between that and like what Steel Vengeance is. Um, had my first Steel Vengeance night ride. You know, Kyle and I got on it like we were in the back Wait, seat. Ever? Ever. Oh, you didn't do that last year. I've only I only wrote it like between the hours of like eight thirty AM and about ten thirty AM last year. Oh. Because it was always we never got fast lane bands. I didn't want to wait two and a half hours or three hours in line at night. Okay. And okay. Which so 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 we had fast lane bands this time, so we waited forty five minutes. We got back seats. Still not great for fast lane. For how much you're paying for Fastlane Plus, though. Yeah, but, the, but that's you know, compared, to, compared to the regular line of 180 minutes, you know, it's a significant yeah, time savings. Okay, um, but, uh, I mean, for me, night rides are where it's at. Yeah, night ride backseat, we oh. both agreed, was probably... It's, it's within the same breath as Voyage backseat night rides. So okay, well, so your opinion's gone way up then. Yeah, yeah. I would say Kyle said it was the best ride he's ever had on anything. Um, I mean, he he would probably still tell you that Voyage is his number one overall coaster because he he's traditionally a wood guy. I, mean, I feel sure. the same way. So yeah. But um, I I don't wholly disagree with his opinion. It was about it was it was about as close to a ten out of ten as you're gonna get in this world. Um. So I finally had that sort of next level deal for vengeance ride I've been hearing about forever. And I was like, yep. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to get it again because I can only get there on weekends for the most part. But, you know, I'd like to. And uh, I guess the difference between the night rides and the day rides is that there's just enough of the the ride structure that you kind of lose the, the visual sight of at night even with all the spotlights on it, that it just becomes a chaotic blur, especially after the block break. Um, it, it, it just is completely overwhelming. So, I mean, my take on it is is my take. I, I, I would say it's definitely the best RMC I've been on. It's probably my number one steal. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else would be a serious competitor to it other than maybe Skyrush. I think we all agreed, I think, I think, Kyle and I, we both kind of had Skyrush, Magnum, and Steel Vengeance in our top three. And then there's pretty much everything else. I would say that that probably Formula Rosa would be somewhere in the four or five slot. And, you know, 
there's a whole bunch of other rides that are really good that that are somewhere below that but none of them really stand out from the pack in the way that those those four would for me because they're just so they're so different than everything else or just whatever those other things are to the ultimate extreme um so that's my take on steel vengeance now so i'm on board i'm on the bandwagon i'm there now did you ride in the backseat of a uh, monster truck <laughs> i did not we you know what there was a bunch of stuff that we didn't get a chance to do just because of time uh it started to get it was going to rain around like four o'clock in the afternoon on sunday so we left a little early um plus we didn't have fast lane bands on sunday so you know as the park's getting busy yeah wasn't quite as busy as it was on that Saturday. That Saturday, there were cars parked in, like, the auxiliary lot. Uh, not quite on the grass yet, but, like, out, you know, on the side of the road where the marina's at. Like, going, you know, behind where that boat storage is. Sure, sure. They were starting to park cars out there. And once it starts to get out there, it's getting pretty gnarly. So it was it was definitely a very busy day. Sunday was kind of getting at least within that same frame. And we were just, like... And and once the rain started to come near us and we knew that, you know, stuff was going to close, it was kind of like, let's go get Toff's ice cream and um, make our way back towards Detroit to get them to the airport. Um, Denver. Denver. So I just got back from Denver. Um, My wife's first time to Denver. I have not been to Denver in 19 years. Um, Seems like a scant amount of time, given the number of new coasters I was able to get. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. It's Denver. Um, you know, flew in Friday night after work. We stayed at the Renaissance downtown. So we were able to make our way over pretty easily to Elitch's. We actually walked to Elitch's on Saturday morning. And then we ended up taking the uh, 16th Street Mall bus that's free to take us basically all the way back to the hotel. Once we walked up to there. Um, so really, really convenient location for us. Um, but Elitch Gardens uh... was, a, was a dump what? when I went there 19 years ago. Okay, I was going to say. Okay. Uh, it was a terrible park. I hated it. Um, there's actually, uh, there was a guy by the name of Fred Biederman. Who's, he was then Fred of Utah, and then he became Fred of Las Vegas on RRC. And he had such a bad time at Elitch's, I think the year before I went, that... He sent them a like a strongly worded email about how bad it was, and their response was to offer him a job. What? Okay. Like a, a job in like <laughs> relations or in management. They were like, "You're right, we're terrible." <laughs> you like, could you do better. Work for us. Um, and, and Fred is now a lawyer, so obviously it did not happen. But um, so, anyways, the joke is that that. I went there. I also had an equally terrible time in, in ninety or in two thousand when I went. I actually bought because it was so absurd. They had like the Fear the Four T-shirt. Oh my god! <laughs> sort of Twister Two, the Boomerang, the Sidewinder, and Mind Eraser. <laughs> and I gave it to him um, at uh, Stark Raven Mad two thousand. So. That's my quick story about my previous trip to Elitch Gardens, which was miserable. The worst operations I'd probably ever seen at that point. Oh, really? Okay. Just, I've never experienced that. Um, just, like, utter laziness. Hmm. Uh, the park was just, at least to me at that time, I found it really unattractive. And, of course, the rides are dog shit. And 
going back this time, I found that the operations were pretty decent. The park itself was was actually fairly attractive. Um, I noticed a lot of things that they did in terms of you know dining areas and and buildings and infrastructure that was quite good. Um, also, where where there are trees, they eventually started to grow in finally. So yeah, yeah, no, the plants look good. There's a lot. There's actually like some flowers and stuff. And that that was that has been my biggest point. Um, but mine for that park was there was like no shade and the trees were didn't provide any relief and all that stuff. So that was my biggest issue. They had, the they had a lot of shade structures. I mean, I would say almost every every set of tables that was outdoors. Yeah, had people uh, people don't realize that. Um, just because Denver's in Colorado doesn't mean it gets really freaking hot in the summer. It still gets hot in the summer. If you look Just... at its latitude, it's it's pretty far south. And yeah, uh, Den- Denver's in a weird spot because it can be December and it can be seventy five, and then it can snow a foot the next day. Yeah, That's I mean, just how it is. Yeah, because Denver is right out. It's right at the foothills of the Rockies. It's not in the Rockies. Right. It's right, right. at the foothills of the Rockies. You can literally see if you're on any roller coaster, any almost any ride there, you just see this massive wall of mountains to the west. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I just gotta say, man, I, I was jealous of you for the for the just a completely different reason. Kind of for uh, the ride you're probably about to talk about in a second, yes. and for the fact that um, so Arapahoe Basin is a ski area. Like none other, they call it the legend for a reason. Um, it is mostly above tree line, and this year, it is June nineteenth, and in two days on June twenty-first, they will be doing not spring skiing, they will be doing summer skiing in Colorado. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, granted, everything, all their beginner terrain, which is uh, below tree line, all that is closed at this point, so it's nothing but expert terrain. <laughs> <laughs> so man i just and i still have they just they uh they announced over the winter that uh they've been part of the the uh veil season pass program for years they're not owned by veil they just had a program with them if you had a season pass to the veil resorts you could have free entry into it and they've just grown so much they've uh more than doubled their uh skiable space in the last uh uh 10 15 years to the point where they're filling up their lots so quickly to the point where they realize that they they don't need to take up those spots uh, from people who are, you know, essentially not really giving them any revenue. Obviously, they probably get some kickback from Vail every time someone scans their pass there, but not nothing like probably what's compared to for someone to actually buy a ticket. So, yeah, it was uh, – I keep on seeing them on Twitter that they're open. I'm like, oh, my pass is still good, and it's in June, but in a few months it won't be good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, it is kind of weird oh. to be in in Colorado and see snow on the mountains. Yeah, the and that's not normal it's, for this time of the year, guys. Yeah, there's, no. <laughs> there's there's the the rivers are definitely raging out there, which is a good thing, by the way. It's oh, good. Yeah, it's excellent. Like season. Denver has had some drought conditions at times, so. Yeah, even Breck positive. was open really late too. Um, yeah. Oh man, so I told you like this. If I'd have all the shit to do this past weekend with school and stuff, I would have flown out there for a, and just met you at Elch and done Elch and Lakeside with you and uh, then gone skiing the next day. <laughs> so let's talk about Elch's. We'll do the coasters. Sidewinder is down. Oh. Uh, really sucks. I would have liked, you know, Meredith at least has one aero shuttle, oh, which is man. the fun spot Indiana one. So it's not like she hasn't been on one before. but it Oh, been she nice. has the one I don't have. Yeah. 
But I don't have the the uh, the one that was at Huntington either. But well, I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know very many people that do have Thunderbolt Express, but yeah, okay. Um, so, anyways, the coasters. I'm gonna go with the coasters first. Um, the boomerang there is pretty good boomerang. Yeah, it's still the boomerang. The yeah, sign is classically '90s. Um, oh yeah, it's like those weird shapes, right? Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, I like that like, like <laughs> popcorn confetti sort of background. Like it's it's so bad. It reminds it's me so of like the, the Seinfeld or the Saved by the Bell logos or, or yeah, something exactly, like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mind Eraser is terrible. <laughs> um, it's not the worst, but it's it's pretty bad. Um, Twister Two <laughs> has these three car trains, so it's a short train. It's uh, three cars, three benchers, two trains. Uh, we rode in the front car. I told my wife when we boarded, I'm like, just so you know, this ride has the dumbest double up in history. What double and, up? And she <laughs> says, she says, squeeze my leg when we get close to it. Like, <laughs> oh man! And, and so you know, you you go through the first drop, you get the turnaround, and then you drop off the turnaround, and then you get to the the double up. Which is like a ramp, like it's it's like they had this hill and they were like, well, let's just try and make this hill longer. So there's like a big ramp, and then it just kind of changes angles at the last second after it goes flat for like ten feet, and it's, it's horrible. It's just the saddest thing in the world. Um, the helix, you know, they took the original helix from the twister, and decided that they would get fancy with it and it does not and the rest of the ride is pretty much it meanders it didn't really hurt it was a it was a little ratly a little bit seeking track but it, it feels have... like they started here's my opinion with that ride they said okay that swoop at the top of the lift hill that is like really iconic let's be sure to get that right and they got that right after that everything else is wrong yeah <laughs> it's all wrong all wrong the double helix is like it's just like why did you do what made twister and what makes the the, the recreation Knobel's twister is so good is it is so simple but for some reason it's so much fun they were just like well, around twice they were like you know what was good was rattler when we did that huge helix that nobody likes let's just do that again but shorter oh man I, I never rode did. rattler but it didn't look as nearly as bad as rattlers rattlers just looked like it oh man yeah, Rattlers was. Uh... What was those like? There's like little bumps everywhere, but they like. It looks like it looked like something that RMC would have done, but without airtime. Rattler, the thing about Rattler too is when I wrote it that they had redone the first half of the Helix mm-hmm. track work wise, and then didn't do the second half, and you could see like where the new track was, and then you could see where like the rust colored old track came in. And then you felt it because it just started yeah. jackhammering and shaking <laughs> immediately. Oh man! Um, no, I mean it's just Twister Two is not very good. It's garbage, man. You're not uh, allowed in the kitty coaster. I yeah, got head banged on half pipe, what? which is literally a U shape. It was it was vibrating a lot actually. Huh. Um, I thought very little of that ride too. I loved it. I you know it it was not tracking particularly well and <laughs> how's that possible? <laughs> and it just kind of like shuddered the whole time when it was spinning. I mean there was just nothing good about half pipe. I, I um, don't understand how that's possible. It is a youp. It's a u with no sh- turns. How I know. Can it tra- <laughs> I know. We were saying the same thing. 
I, I, oh my god so we wrote everything once we actually had bought Ugh. uh their their quick lane or whatever it's called their band really just in case it got busy and we managed to basically knock out all the coasters before the huge crowds arrived how much was that uh like 40 bucks oh okay that's nothing as, as like an insurance policy it's fine plus we used sure. it for a bunch of rides on the one thing that matters to that park ah okay Let's and that is meow wolf kaleidoscope and you've been to Meow Wolf in New Mexico, right? I have not been to Meow Wolf in New Mexico. Oh, I thought you had. I have not, no. Oh. This, is, this is my first Meow Wolf experience. Oh, aside man, from watching the documentary about them on the flight. Um, it is... So very obviously, it is like a Ghost Hunter's Dark Ride that they've, you know, retrofitted. But I mean this in all the best ways. Like, it's not done... I would not, like, sit here and say, like, it has an incredibly high, amazing budget. It's super immersive, world-making type stuff. But it doesn't really pretend to be. I mean, like, they stripped down the animatronic outside to basically just the, the servos. That's like, actually you know, kind of cool. Attached a whole bunch of, like, extra wiring to it. And sort of the story of, of Kaleidoscope is that you're allowed to do quantum travel because of donuts. And okay quantum particles which are used like sprinkles into black holes and so it also involves eggs so basically like when you get on the ride and you start you have the guns which i forget what they call them they're like quadrilators or something like that um and they actually have these free like free magazines in the gift shop for it that you can just take and then they have like you know more stuff about the ride and like poems and pictures and stuff inside of them which are really cool and i should probably scan them or something because they're they're so awesome um but you know they they you don't score there's no scores on the ride you don't get points well they're just kind of left over they're, yeah they're, you know but, yeah but you shoot things and things do happen like right so, so the very first thing you you encounter after you're sprayed with smoke uh is an egg which you shoot the egg and then the egg opens and Basically, it, like, goes into, like, a video wall of just, like, crazy molecule things and then just weird stuff. Uh, so it's kind of like it's kind of like a shooting gallery where you don't get scores, but you, you shoot things that have something, something, something happens. Yeah, there'll be, like, these, there'll be, like, pyramids and you'll shoot them and the pyramids will descend or ascend. Oh, okay. Or, cool. like, there are, these, there are these weird sea anemone-looking things on the floor and you shoot them and they, like, they, like, wiggle and like make sound um like knowing what i know like i know like how they retrofitted some of the the different robots that they had to make new stuff with it but like the new stuff is so crazy like there's one I remember there's this this one room where they have what used to be the character that flew out of the bed and they just kind of like turn that into some sort of weird new like birdman thing and then behind it is like a ufo with a smiley face, which you then realize the UFO is also an egg yolk. Like it's a, like it's a fried egg, and the smiley face is on the yolk, and then the white is the outside of the UFO, and then it's wearing a hat. Like and it, it all, like all this sounds like really absurd, and it is. There's there's one sequence in one of the areas where it's like a chair that's been like thrown through the air, and it kind of like you see the chair in different positions, and then you shoot this spinning wheel, and then the chair like cuts itself into quarters and then spins around. It's so great. Um, 
the ride's like unofficial mascot i think is coolie which is made out of an old cooler like a like a i would say like a one gallon or maybe even like a like a smaller like a two quart like thermos cooler like you take to work and they like bolted legs to it and arms and put a face on it and it's coolie and they sell like hats of coolie in in like the gift shop um yeah i mean it's it's a very strange ride if you're expecting like a disney or universal level of theming or something like that like you're going to be grossly disappointed because like you'll be able to see i don't know if you know how backstage or like different show elements like you know past it like there's this one tube of led lights that you go through but if you look really carefully you can see like a thermostat or something behind them but that's not really the point because it's an art ride like yeah it's an looking... art collective right yeah it's an art collective there's there's like 200 people in it now like it's a big deal they're building sites in las vegas and a big one in denver and washington dc and washington dc they're they're expanding out everywhere the original one in in santa fe like i said i watched the documentary about it about the history of them and it looks completely nuts it's uh if, if you've ever watched any you know videos about it or seen a a television they, they bought a an old bowling alley hollowed it out they built like this front end which is a, a victorian house that you walk into and you enter this quantum space by opening the fridge and walking through like a deeply lit fridge and then the other side you end up in like this crazy world there's also i guess like a i think there's a tunnel that leads from the dryer in the house uh into the quantum world and um you know and and there's a lot of these very sort of interactive things that that happen and they have all these just really crazy exhibitry um and that's kind of what meow wolf kaleidoscope is as well the dark ride um you don't rate it like you would any traditional dark ride it's it's a completely different thing i hope to god that this is the beginning of of sort of a new movement not just in dark rides but rides in general because i think it's it's so much more interesting than everything else that that we rode while we were you know in colorado but but generally that we ride anywhere it's very very different i have my t-shirt that i bought the t-shirt actually had on the tag was a sticker for kaleidoscope so it's on my computer now um i can't recommend it enough it's it is weird it is different it is very auteur it's it is not super high budget but it's it's super cool they did an amazing job you know given what they had um highest recommendation and i skipped the line there was a good size line every time we were there and we walked right past it and got immediately on so we rode it a bunch um easily the best thing that we went on in colorado there were only two rides that we rode more than once anyways in the whole state but um that was we both agreed was kind of like the best ride of the weekend um after we did eliches we pulled the rental car out we did some driving around uh we stopped at casa bonita yes which you know the food at casa bonita not the greatest no but they do have unlimited uh, cheese, um, cheese or beef. I say quesadillas, but that's not it. Enchiladas. So you can eat tons of those, and then unlimited. Uh, it comes with unlimited chips and salsa and sopapillas. So yeah, if you if know. you're worried what it comes out on your plate the first time, don't worry. They keep feeding until you're you're full. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at first, I was like, "Wait, that's that's all I'm getting." And then, like, they're like, "Oh, do you want some more tacos?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> I mean, we that was basically like we were done eating after that for the rest of the day because we ate a ton. It wasn't um, bad, and like some people like are like, "Oh, hope you enjoy the after effects." I was fine. I don't know about you. Oh, well, I'm yeah. alive. Did My biggest any? after effect is probably that I gained weight or something. Like, okay, you didn't have any bathroom problems? No, <laughs> no, I didn't either. I, I, I think they, there has been some cases in the past, but that, that can go for a lot. Yeah, it's, it's the thing is, like, you're not really going there because you you want to eat the food. God no. You go there because it's completely mental. Yeah. Uh, there's it has obviously the cliff divers is what is perhaps it's most well known for where where were you seated because we got the honey we got the best view ever we were right in front of the the waterfall we were like we were like in an upper tier okay um so if you were standing kind of on their little stage area where they dive off of we would have been to your right okay we were like we were definitely able to see it no problem okay. Yeah, we, we barely could have gotten any closer. It was, it was and, amazing. And so. it has a whole schedule of things that they do. They they no longer do the gunfights <laughs> because Colorado has this awful history of people killing each other. Um, oh. But they do... There's the gorilla. Oh, God. Uh, was it Chiquita, I think, is the name of the gorilla? <laughs> um, there's someone in a gorilla suit that... Oh, acts. wait. No, no, no. There's not someone. It's the same guy. Really? Yeah, there's like just two people who just keep on changing roles. This the cliff diver is the same guy who dresses up in all these different outfits. <laughs> you didn't know that? It looked like they were way shorter than that, though. That's why I was okay. Like, the night I went, he was doubling and tripling, and uh, he was doing everything: the diving, they, the bad acting, everything. Yeah, they've got they've got great. cliff divers. They have skits. They do puppet shows. Oh, so good! It's so amazing. And but you walk around that place seats. I think 1,100 people. No, it's more than that. It's it's enormous. There's a walkthrough attraction. Oh, God, Black yes. Blackbird's Cave. Um, there's an arcade. There are children's rides. Wait, um, really? Oh, we, they're, they're like the little coin-operated ones, right? Yeah, yeah, just that. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's you. we just walked around. My wife was just like, this is amazing. This <laughs> is Like, if we went to nothing else and we just did Casa Bonita in Denver, that trip would have been well worth it. Um, after Casa Bonita, we went in search of credits. Um, I followed the schedule. I should have just messaged Wright's Amusements on Facebook rather than going off of their, their old, um, their old list of, of dates, even though it says on their website, this is what we do every year. It's not. They were in Aurora. They were not at Orchard Town Center. So we didn't find that out until we were on our way to the airport. So they get to ride their wacky worm. We did see Crabtree Amusements over at the Denver Coliseum. I was refused entry on their dragon wagon, but we were able to ride their wacky worm. And was it was it the full size cars or the small ones? For the dragon wagon? Yeah. It was probably the smaller size cars. I don't okay. I don't really know. I, I look at those smaller ones and I don't even try. I walked up and like the guy was like, No no. Like, too pequeño, too pequeño. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks. And just like, that was like, that's not going to happen. There was also a no single rider rule, even for rides where you could only fit one person in the seat, like the Wacky Worm adults. Wait. So, my, like, we definitely had to ride together to get on the Wacky Worm. In the um, one, in one row? No, like, just in separate rows, but you couldn't be by yourself. 
Which is whatever. It's dumb, but we did it. <laughs> okay. um, they had a couple oh, other flat rides, but honestly, their setup at the Denver Coliseum looked pretty shoddy. Uh, and I was hoping they'd have pole position there. That would have really made it worthwhile, which is their Fabry spinner. And they didn't. So. Okay, so that's there's only two of those traveling, right? Um, there was that one, and Baker Butler used to have Butler. one. Butler, yeah, yeah. I rode that. And then um, yes, the shows used to have one too. Yes, and they got rid of theirs after one year, and I think they either sold it to Butler, or they. I think it may have been the one that ended up at Castle, Castle. that's been sitting there, not moving for years. Um, I can't recall the the history there on that ride. It has a, it has a weird history. But anyway, so we did it, we did that. Um, Butler's is uh, Butler's is um, Castles. Butler's is Castle. Oh, they they had, they had two. That's right. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I rode Butler's. What? Yeah, well, Butler had two. Well, they made a really unwise decision, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Who made the worst acquisition of all time? Butler. There's nothing. There's nothing really wrong with the ride. I don't know mechanically from a mechanical standpoint. Yeah, it doesn't look all that great either. But from a ride standpoint, that thing is just. It doesn't do anything. The layout's boring, and there's like no real drops. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I'm fine with it. I don't hate them. It's at least different than a Zamperla one. They're not painful. I guess that's the way I look at it. Like it's something different. You don't see them as often. Um. So yeah, Whatever. that was that. Um, um, Lakeside. You need to talk about Lakeside. Lakeside. So. Lakeside was one of my favorite parks, uh, but again, I had not been there in 19 years. 19 years is a long time. Okay, you're saying back then it was one of your favorite parks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because it, it is mine too, and we've been trying to defend the heck out of it, uh, even though we hadn't been there. You, you hadn't been there in 19 years. I haven't been there in, I don't know, I think 16 years. But uh, everyone was just going at opening, and we're like, no, 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 don't do that. Go yeah, no, close. I mean, it always looked bad. At daytime. Oh, yeah, yeah, Always. yeah. Um, we got done with the fair at Denver Coliseum. It was like, you know, it opened at 5. We got there at 5. We were done 15 minutes later. And I was like, why don't we just go to, we'll just go to Lakeside. And we'll just wait for it to get dark. And at least then you can experience it at dark. And, you know, we'll get on the rides now. We won't leave any credits out there. So we go, we go to Lakeside. We park. You know, we pay for, we pay, I think, you know, Four dollars a person to get in, which you then get fifty cents off of your wristband. We bought wristbands. I'm sure it was not the best or most economical decision, but we didn't care. Like honestly, at that point, who who really cares? You know, like if you get the usage out of it, great. If you don't, you don't. Um, so you broke up. How much was it? Uh, I think it was like twenty three something for a wristband. That's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, um. Wow. Mm-hmm. I would say Lakeside is, like, I was reading about Lakeside while I was in Lakeside, like, trying to figure out what was going on. <laughs> um, so, so just to give people the background, here's the most accurate version of the background that you're ever going to hear. Uh, Rhoda, who owns Lakeside, you know, her dad owned Lakeside. I think her dad's dad owned Lakeside. She has a very strong attachment to it. She owns a lot of the commercial real estate that sits just outside of basically where the train runs. Lakeside is technically its own town in Denver, and I think it has eight residents, Rhoda being one of them. Um, 
but it has a Walmart, which is her primary source of income is, is sort of the rent that she gets from that, you know, commercial real estate. Um, a lot of people think that Rhoda is super rich. I'm sure on paper that she has a lot of value because Lakeside is a, is a fairly large substantive facility in a very increasingly expensive city. Uh, Denver as a whole is a very expensive place to live now. Yeah, were... and it used to be, oh, it used to be, it was I mean, dirt this is, prices, this, like 20 years ago. Yeah, this this area where, you know, that park is, is, is kind of considered sort of the, the rougher area. Like, it's it's a more, like, sort of heavier Mexican population, but it also has a lot of hipsters moving in there because that's the only place they can afford to live. Downtown, the number of condos versus 20 years ago when I went there the first time is astronomical you cannot compare denver 2000 to denver 2019 and think they're the same place i mean it looked like empty it looked desolate to walk back to where coors field is now back then and that's not the case anymore it hasn't been the case for a while um the average home price in boulder colorado is around a million dollars like that's like we're talking like san diego los angeles you know, not quite San Francisco level pricing in places, but but really expensive real estate. So the value of Lakeside for nothing else but the ground that it's on is probably in the tens of millions of dollars, you know, not including the other stuff that she has. So that's where her value is. But just because you have like value because you're a landowner doesn't mean that you have cash. Like she would have to take a bunch of mortgages out and loans against the park to get cash to make capital investments, which clearly has not occurred. Um, there's been a couple things that have been added and a couple things that have been changed. There's an ARM drop tower that's there that they opened a couple years back. Um, the Kitty Land area there was like basically all purchased from a Kitty Park that closed down in Denver somewhere in the early 90s, I think. Um, the Spider Ride that's there has a brand new LED light package and was repainted and its ticket booth looks really nice. All the rides still have their original ticket booths back from when they used to have individual ticket sellers outside each ride selling tickets for that ride, even though very few of them are used. Basically just the merry-go-rounds and the one for the Ferris wheel. Um, but, but the thing about that park is that it had an incredible lighting package that dated back to sort of the Art Nouveau Art Deco periods, the 1930s, 1920s, 1940s, like in that range. And it had been kept up quite well, even as rides fell by the wayside. And I can't really see that now. Uh, there was a, a hailstorm in 2017, so I read, which did a lot of damage to the casino tower, which is kind of the, the centerpiece of the park. Um, a lot of the other lights, which there's a heavy amount of neon lighting in that park, a lot of those lights either weren't being turned on or weren't functional or, you know, clearly busted. A lot of light coverings were damaged, um, like very clearly damaged, like huge holes in them or, you know, basically being torn apart. <clears throat> the the flyers um, were missing, you know, probably four of the tubs, I think. Maybe yeah, two or four of the tubs. It was that way back in, I have pictures like 2003. It's been like that forever. Yeah, and, and you know what? The There was a tub that looked like it was being repainted. It was, like, sitting on 
like a like a horse like a hobby horse kind of thing like they were working on it um over by the maintenance area which you can did the walk flyers past. have brakes i don't like, i didn't even ride the flyers on this trip did you ever observe how it stopped though i did not i did not pay much attention okay to it. last time i was there there were no brakes so the guy was just kind of just grabbing the flyers to slow it down <laughs> <laughs> It probably is the same way. I, I'd be surprised if they had anything about it. The satellite jets were in really bad shape. Uh, half of the half of the vehicles were off, so there were six empty arms. Um, I mean, that's among the rides that operate. Obviously, the Star Ride, which I think closed somewhere in the 80s or maybe even the 70s, has been decaying in full view for decades. I don't understand. Okay, keep going, and I'll make. Uh, the whip was, of course, reopened probably roughly around the time that you were last there. No, it was reopened for preservation conference. We were the first riders. Okay. Yeah. Um, they had been working on it when I was there in 2000, and I think they'd been working on it for a couple of years prior. It's still open now. It it's actually probably the best whip outside of maybe Ride Playlands. Um, it looks like they were trying to like do some new plastering and painting on the roof of like that center island um because it doesn't have a full roof on it, it just has a roof over the center island of the ride yeah and that looked a little beat like there was there was scaffolding up there and you could see like painters clothes on the on the ground um and the paint brushes and like the plaster stuff which is weird i assume that they're working on it actively now but who knows <clears throat> um the number of decrepit, non-functional machines in that park is astonishing. And what I mean by that is, you know, vending machines, arcade games, kitchen equipment, you name it. We saw it just sitting out there. And, and in full um, view, not like in a corner, like made. No, midways. in full view, in the middle of midways, inside ride buildings, inside the restaurants, inside. I mean, like across the midway from where the Wild Chipmunks entrance is, there was just a huge, like, industrial sink, a double sink, just sitting there on its side, laying in the midway. And then, like, you, you looked around the side from there where that ballroom is, and there's a bunch of stacks of chairs still sitting around. and um you know some of the fences especially around where the speedboats used to be are starting to get beat up just probably from existing um of course the speedboats haven't been there for decades either but that whole area has been maintained to some degree and repainted and the dock kept um my honest objective opinion you know looking at it is that i think the last time I was there, there was still a position where a lot of stuff was working, and um, it was maybe easier to some degree to, to keep the stuff that was there operating and, and, and getting stuff back up to running speed and the rest of it. And as time has gone on, the refusal of, of park ownership, I assume that's who has to be the person doing this, um, because she's the person that everybody knows demands that the Star Ride is still staying there. Um, she's basically Why? a hoarder, Why? and as a result, the park looks like a hoarder owns it. You should not be, you know, you should not be in the restaurant and looking around and seeing the freezer, seeing this freezer in the middle of the restaurant, 
And she has a giant abandoned speedway that she can hoard all that crap in, too. But she filled it. Oh, that's the part. Oh, she filled it. Oh, oops. She filled it. And then, and then, you know, after, and of course, like, it's, it's tough to get in there to fill it with more stuff because it's so decayed and so breaking down. Yeah, there's a, sure there's, a, been... a there's a fifth mile uh, oval speedway that's part of the complex that's been closed since 1980. Has it been condemned? It has to have been, right? I I don't know. If, I don't know. I mean, if she owns the town, who knows? I it has. She has. There's multiple fire trucks on property that are decrepit. There's there's like a Ford Tempo with the windshield smashed in sitting in the parking lot. I mean, it's it's really weird. It's exceptionally strange that, like, all this broken, inoperable stuff, a lot of it just left out in the elements to get rained on and snowed on and, you know, not even be of any salvageable value whatsoever, is just out there. There's tons of it. I was surprised that the restrooms were in operating order because I had to walk past a bunch of stuff in the hallway to get into the restroom. Which um, haven't been updated in forever. No, I mean, there's not even, like, locks on some of the doors in the restroom. Like, it doesn't have urinals, it just has stalls in the men's restroom, and there's no locks. I, I just, I, I don't know what, what the end game is. Like, it seems like there are so many things that have to be maintained for that park on a, on a regular basis to keep it running well, because it's, a lot of it's so old, that to just keep throwing more of this stuff in, like, it's not like it's a dumpster that they need to fill. Like, they need to fill, like, a lot of space with this stuff and get rid of it a lot of things like just in scrap metal value there's probably a lot of value in it but like something needs to be done um rhoda apparently has not given an interview to the press in well over a decade maybe longer than that um you know again which makes me kind of double down on my theory that she's a hoarder and that you know god she's so i I felt like she was in at least her 80s back in 2003. She's got to be very old. I feel like there was there was somebody that was walking around the park in kind of like a managerial like appearance that I would say they, she had gray hair. I would assume that she's probably in her late 40s, early 50s. Do you know what she looks like? Um, she like my first thought is like that's Rhoda's daughter. I could send you a picture. Yeah, yeah please do. Okay. Okay. Um, I I think that could be the case, but I think that. I, I definitely worry about the park post Rhoda, but I also think that if the right people came in with good capital investment, that park has an enormous amount of potential, more than any other park in this country, to be significantly improved, cleaned up, and make rules of money. Especially if Elich's ever ends up in the position where it closes for for commercial and residential real estate, which is proposed then they have a captive market of about five million people that will have literally that or the mile high flea market to go to lakeside cyclone great wood coaster super fun i completely forgot about the fact that it goes into a hard left hand turn off oh, the first yeah. drop it's it's quite intense uh the first turnaround huge airtime in the front um fun ride fun ride um, it doesn't really do anything for the second half, especially the out and back portion, but it's, it's got big, comfy old trains. Um, it doesn't have the, the hook and loop belts anymore. It has like a standard seat belt, but oh, uh, that's okay. fine. Oh, well. Still manually braked. Um, good. 
um, wild chipmunk. Then, then like one of the last two Mylar mice in existence. Really fun, really thrilling attraction. Um, what I will say about it is, yeah, this is this is the Rhoda that you sent me a picture of, right? I mean, I know what Rhoda yeah. looks like. Okay. So, so there was another person. She had much longer. She was definitely younger than Rhoda. Okay. That was there, and I don't know who that was. Like I, I would have to look it up. I feel like it may be Rhoda's daughter, but anyways, um, Wild Chipmunk again, very exciting, very fun, no restraints. Oh yeah, that thing is ridiculous. But uh, but but I'm gonna say this real quick. I'm gonna say this. Uh-oh. When you think about the condition of the rest of the park, and you oh, know yeah. that that ride was built in 1955, so it's 64 mm. years old. Like. It's a heck of a thrilling ride. There's a lot of forces on that ride. I get worried on it. I do get worried about, like, what's the maintenance like on this thing? Like, what is, has anyone checked it for metal fatigue in, like, a decade? I have no clue. Um, well, I mean, I remember talking to the maintenance guy because we were kind of, uh, you know, astonished by it back then. Because even back then, 2003, it was kind of an old ride and, you know kind of relatively uncommon he said yeah we got we got to weld up a lot of a lot of track every off season yeah i we should know, find a lot of broken welds so uh, back then that made me feel very uh you know sounded good but like just what you're saying like i, I don't i don't get that like the just leaving crap out in the midways like you know and it was funny because meredith and i had talked about afterwards it's like we really should have taken more pictures of it because it was so ridiculous um to see it felt, that way but like at the same time did, you kind of felt bad about it too yeah, don't you yeah yeah it felt like it was a violation uh, well, like, like they like they famously have a rule that they don't really want you to take any photos or video at that park i mean the fountains don't work a lot of the lights don't work you know like the wild chipmunk sign kind of you know if you can picture the wild chipmunk sign like the, the words wild chipmunk don't even light up anymore um there were kind of these blue accent neon lights on the station for the cyclone that don't work. The entire the entire tower, like this big tower in the center of the park that used to be lit up with white lights and, you know, just really glitter is all off. It's just dark. And it looks like it's got holes in the side of it, you know, where the, the plaster is falling off of it. I mean, it looks real bad. It looks like it's almost abandoned, that tower. Uh, and I know, like, some bad stuff happened to it a couple of years ago, but, you know, maybe fix that instead of buying a ride that was essentially scrap metal from Funplex in Omaha, Nebraska, which, you know, they erected that and a heart flip ride. No, the heart flip has been there. Oh, it's been there? Yeah, I, mean, I remember back in whatever the last time I've been there. It looks like It looks like it's an abandoned section of the park. It's surrounded by fencing that they've put up. You can't walk to it. None of the grass has been cut around it. All the lighting fixtures around there look beat up or smashed or damaged. The coaster's been standing there for over a year. They said last year, I think I sent you an article that was written about in Westworld, where they were like, oh, yeah, we're just trying to get some final testing done. We're hoping to open it in, like, June or July. That was 2018. 2019, there was nobody touching that ride. So I, I don't I don't know what to make of that situation. There's a lot of things that I like about that. The park has a great train. The park, you know, the, the Lakeside Cyclone is a real classic ride. 
the train operating? Because I've heard from... Oh, yeah, the other... train was operating. Okay, yeah, I've heard it. from a, a Denver local. He said that that was closed for a while. I heard it was closed for a while, too. Uh, I'm looking at Fiddles. Uh, I stopped by on... Let's see here. I stopped by on January 1st... Or January 3rd, 2005, and took some photos of the place. You know, traveling from Denver. Or traveling from, you know, skiing. And yeah, the, the tower then looked just like it did back in 2003. So it's uh, that's sad that it got hit so badly. Um, I mean, it didn't look particularly in good condition then, but I mean, what you're describing says it really. And that's such an icon of that park too. And even back yeah, then, I was like, it at all is outrageous to me. That's that's your beacon. That's your you, you don't have that on. People aren't going to think it's open. Yeah, it's the symbol. Of, of yeah. side, and uh, you gotta know the basics of that. You need to know, you know, things like that. Uh, and even at looking abandoned wasn't great, but at least at night when it was dark and you, all you could see was the lights, it didn't really matter. Right, uh, yeah, it went I mean, for the whole was, park. But when you yeah. gotta, when you gotta, when you gotta uh, dodge broken arcade machines and and uh, equipment. I, I I just don't get that. Who it just shouldn't be like an arcade machine and then like an oven with like three microwaves stacked on it in the middle. Who like I, and you know and someone not, not said something midway, about that. Like in between, in between your your top draw, your your roller coaster and your uh, merry-go-round, and the only restaurant you have in the park. Like, you just should not do that. But that was, like, like we could have walked back there, and there was, like, a trailer and just more junk everywhere. Like, just tons of junk. And, and not I, to mention, I it. I you're opening get... yourself up to more liability, too. Yeah, I, I don't – that's why, like I said, I think, I think that there was kind of this emotional element about, you know, protecting Lakeside and protecting these old things like the Star Ride that existed for a while and now – we're getting to the stage where, you know, maybe in her in her you know progressively older age, she's Coming made poor choices, now. or there's somebody else that's making these poor choices in there to, you know, the, the, the best the best possible explanation is that all of these things are being brought out with the effort in the coming month or two to get rid of them. And you're just in there, and you just went there on a really unfortunate day. Yeah, but I don't buy it. I don't mind. Yeah, it. okay. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I mean, because we've heard complaints about the place, but like, uh, I think our friends would have mentioned this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw yeah. Andrew Hyde sent me some pictures of their mini golf course. Where is their mini golf course? I can't even picture where it is in the park. Yeah, I, I had a tough time, and I, I think it's over by where they built the coaster. Oh, okay. So it's abandoned. Yeah, I mean, they they kind of just got rid of the. I mean, it looked terrible then in the pictures he sent me, but. Um, I mean, like bumper boats, and you have four bumper boats operating. And then... Mini golf is another really good source of income. You can charge even like you charge. Uh, let's even go on the low end of it. Charge three dollars. That's still yeah. like if you if you know if if if, if a family of uh, six pay a place, you're making a profit. I mean, like tickets there, Jesus I think are fifty Christ. cents a piece, and a kitty ride is is one ticket. You know. I yeah, bought uh, I bought a twelve ounce uh, twelve ounce like slush puppy for a dollar, you know, like and that included sales tax, so it was really you like can still make money off of that. The problem is what you're talking about. No one wants to go to a dump, right? I mean, there were there were people there. 
I mean, we waited half an hour for our cyclone ride, the second one we had. Oh, that okay. Night. So, so that's even the more dumbfounding thing. So people are coming. I mean, they I have think the that there's just there's like a lack of of alternatives for what they're offering, and so they go there because it is a cheaper option. To like, take your kids out to Lakeside for sure. But like, I would be I would be concerned about. I was concerned about my own safety to some degree with with especially wild chipmunk. I mean, the train and like the bumper cars, which look like they're 70s era deuces or something like that. The, the bumper cars looked like they were pretty decent. I did not ride them, but a lot of the other stuff looked, you know, some of it looked in good shape. The rocket plane looked in good shape. The spider looked in good shape. Those, those have been repainted and got nice lighting packages. Um, you know, the cyclone was running about as well as it ever has in my mind, I guess it's, it's good. But other stuff, you know, like the satellites, um, the sports cars, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the other flat, the dragon lights, the lighting on the dragon was particularly offensive because like half of the N was working and that was it. And it was just <laughs> blinking. I mean, it was just ridiculous. You can't, you know, that thing has lights on the sign over the top of it on the front and back of that sign. And there's lights in the middle of both the helixes and the center of the ride. And, like, if this was a burn rate at a carnival, we're talking 5%. I mean, it was hideous. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. The only thing I can think is that either there's, there's, there's no money, which doesn't make any sense with the decision to buy that coaster, um, or maybe that was a last-ditch effort and they thought that opening a Zyklon would somehow turn things around. I, I, I don't know what's happening so what there. state do you observe it in in 2000 or now no no the 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 cyclone what's it look like is it look i mean it's all built it right? it's done i mean it looks it's built there's cars on the track they're covered in tarps and everything's done except like it's not open and the area that immediately surrounds it looks like horrible uh, the only thing awful. i can think of is the 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 mechanics there had to be some kind of issue with the mechanics. There could be. I mean, maybe they put it up and like they didn't know how to do the wiring. Maybe. I mean, I, don't know. I remember hearing a story about the the one that went in at uh, in Saginaw at Kokomo's. Mm-hmm. They put it up and then like they had no wiring, like you know descriptions. They had no idea how to do the electrical for the ride, and they just had to like fiddle with it till they figured it out. I mean, maybe that's what happened here as well, um, which would be funny because it also came from Saginaw in this case because <laughs> it used to be at their county fairgrounds. Um, yeah, I just, I don't I wish I could say something really positive about it, but I, I would say it is, it's in the same position as Williams Grove was closing year or Marland in in Oman when I went there where where death train is like it looked like it looked like that level of like a park that it was a park that clearly is should be like on its death throes and yet there were there was a decent crowd so I I don't know what to make of any of that I really don't I yeah, I, I don't know what really to say confusing. about it um yeah, someone has to come along and. Uh, but I've also heard like Rhoda is the 
she, she's what keeps is keeping it going. I, I mean, I've heard for years that you know for years. That I've heard the same thing. That there, there would be no Rhoda lakeside. goes that Lakeside will probably go. That's what yeah, I've so always I, heard. I, I don't know. I don't know how you fix that situation, or maybe you don't. I, I don't know who would want to buy it. Honestly, if I think there'd probably be a lot of people. I know who wants to buy it. it. I know who wants to buy it. Who? House uh, land developers. Well, yeah, for sure. But I mean, like, if I was a park operator, um, and I was looking to to move into you know, a market where I'd have, you know, ability to make a lot of money. Lakeside is an obvious place to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's really you have some basic heart. infrastructure that's already there and you have a name. You have to do a lot of work, though. Like, you do have to do a lot of work. And it's, yeah, it's but some of it's money. so easy. Some of it is so easy. What would it take? A weekend to take down the fucking, uh, the sky, the star, whatever that thing is. Star ride? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it took a weekend. I mean, like, and some of these things that, like, like if you could go in, if you just made sure that the the area where the speedboat dock is, if you just made sure that it was, like, sound, that people could walk on it, you could have uh, paddle boats out there in minutes. I mean, minutes. We're talking, like, and it would cost you $50,000 to buy probably, you know, 10 or 15 of them. And you get a couple staff members out there and you'd be fine. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't take much. So, you know, if somebody went in there and said, you know, we're going to invest $30 million into Lakeside just to clean it up and, and get rid of stuff like the old Speedway or convert some of that stuff to, like, you can convert into event space, um, the ballroom, if that's structurally sound, if it doesn't have a whole bunch of holes in the roof, you could be, you could be using that for weddings um, and birthdays, you could turn that into an art. Like, there's a million things you can do at that park. A million. But I have no idea. I have no idea what the shape of any of that stuff is. Um, Probably and it just it's, it's really depressing because there's so much that you could do to it. And it has, there's so much potential there. Um, I mean, if, if, you were, if you were the right person with the right amount of money, you could make a lot of money there. And, you, you know, we, I, I talked about Camden Park you know, a few hours ago. Yeah. And, uh, and the difference between that and there is like, there are, they, there's two different, two, two things here. Okay. Parts of the park feel like they're in the same condition as, uh, as Lakeside, whereas like questionable maintenance. And I felt, uh, you know, there were some things where I can, I was like, this is definitely not right, but it's not to the point where I don't think anything, catastrophic was going to happen and you know i was putting uh, you know obviously i felt like i was putting my life a little bit more risk than going to uh six flags or any major chain or anything yeah. like that but not to the point where i felt like it was you know credit credit you know it was going to fail but the difference here is it looks like uh, another difference is is what you feel about the two parks okay camden park it's old it's it's retro it's cool that sign out front is creepy, but it's freaking retro and kind of cool at the same time. But it, it's a park in the middle of freaking West Virginia. Well, not in the middle of West Virginia, the edge of West Virginia. And Lakeside is in a major, and especially in the last 20 years, uh, a major city that's grown leaps and bounds population-wise. It's it's blown up how much the population has. And uh, it's it just in the Lakeside setting. It's... At the same time, it seems like Camden Park is like trying to improve themselves, you know, putting in three modern rides. Um, 
even even little things they did like putting wraps on the haunted house you know to yeah, improve yeah, its yeah, yeah 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 okay yeah yeah i didn't think about that but you're right yeah yeah but like those are things that they they put, has, has i don't want to say it doesn't do because again i point the spider as being a ride that clearly they did a pretty heavy refurb on and, and did a lot of stuff to but like almost everything needs that there like minus maybe the cyclone um Everything well, else looks like it needs work like... desperately. Some of it looks like it shouldn't even be operating. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's hard to look at a, a satellite jet ride that has only six operating arms slash vehicles. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, like, and say if that looks good. Uh, we're 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 thinking it's probably okay, but for the most person, be like, well, where are the other ones? Like most people will be like, where are the other ones? Why aren't they there? People that makes people nervous. I think that. Yeah. I mean, look, like, at some point, we as people who do this, like, we have to kind of be able to recognize, like, what makes sense and what doesn't, and what looks good and sense. what looks unsafe. And that's that's basically the situation. That's, you know, that's what Lakeside, like, I thought about when you were telling me about how Williams Grove had that flat piece of, of track that was super airtime intensive, and <laughs> that was because I had a broken, like, support you know, and and the reality was that actually was probably really unsafe. You know, that was the same thing that's going through my mind as I'm riding, you know, Wild Chipmunk and thinking, like, this is fun, but, like, there's no way I'm going to ride this again. So I don't trust this. Because I look at everything else here, and I have no reason to believe that this ride is being properly upkept. Like, there's just no way. No way. I can't, like, we walk, we walk past the Ferris wheel. They just have an Eli wheel. And it was down for a couple hours. And I remember just seeing, like, there was a seat out, like, taken out and laying on the ground. And there was, like, a, a couple bottles of, like, cleaner and some paper towels. They'd just been, like, left there. And then, like, we come back an hour later and then it's open again. And, you know, I don't know what to make of any of that. Like, maybe he went back to go get some screws or something in the shop. And, um, and, and it's, it's, it's uh, okay, yeah, they have a harsh winter. Boo-hoo. But they also don't open till five o'clock most days. Yeah, they so don't open like they till don't... like June. I don't even know if they open for Memorial Day. Really? Okay, that's changed. Um, I mean, maybe they open for Memorial Day, but that's like as early as they open. I think like they're not opening in April or anything like that. And you can winterize rides. It, yeah, it's not and, like... like with the with the satellite jets, like. You shrink wrap them. Like, you take they, them off, you shrink wrap them, you put them on No, tops. I'm just saying with the missing arms, like, it, that looks so bad, just having arms with nothing on it. Like, it'd be way more, way better just to have an uh, unoperable uh, tub that has an out-of-order little sign on it than, than just missing ones. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. <sighs> I, I don't hate know. this. I hate this. I really do. This is really, uh, same time, I feel like, uh, well, I, I, I'm planning on going... Th- I got to get to Denver next year because you'll just, you know, who knows what's happening there. And uh, both parks are kind of in the, who knows what happens at the stage to me, and which yeah, I'm not but... happy about because, but I would say like, Elitch's definitely feels like the safer of the two parks by an appreciable margin. Well, it's not, it's, it's clearly been outlined that it's happening. Well, I mean, who knows? Things could change, but yeah, let me send you. I'm going to send you a picture of the satellite jets here in just a second, so, so that you can kind of to see, you know, what I'm talking about with that. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. So even the, it, it's sad that even the darkness couldn't hide. Yeah. Its flaws. 
especially once once your lights don't work. Yeah. You know, like oh what can man. You do? Yeah. Um, so it was pretty dimly lit though. Once it, how did how long did you stay till? We stayed right until probably about eight forty five, and the park closed at nine. So it was dark. Minutes. So and I imagine it was pretty because I remember it being pretty dimly lit with, with and then without all the rides lighting up all the midways. I met it didn't feel all that safe there, did it? It, it felt dark. It did yeah. feel dark. I mean, there's just there's no two ways around it. So. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of the, I will say this too, like a lot of the wiring there almost looks like Vietnam or like Peru or something where people just kind of like run extension cords <laughs> across the top of everything. Uh, yeah, and they didn't do like what you're supposed to, what most people finally did was, you know, bury all your, your wires so they're not unsightly in in the middle of your park. Yeah, um, I very much remember that. My God, anyway, so that was Lakeside. Um, I'll, I'll finish up here because we're running super long. I know, but. And Joe's going to cut this in half. <laughs> he's crazy um so the following day you know we we kind of did all the park stuff and we're like okay well what should we do um because we were actually oh, staying yeah. in cheyenne did you get the picture oh yeah i got it a while ago no i i, I i've been meaning i didn't want to ask you about what you, where you went because i just wanted to hear from hear from it to you when we did the podcast i'm very interested yeah. in this animal thing yes so we did the first thing we stopped at was the uh, Mile High Swap Meet. Which I couldn't believe was still there. <laughs> which is definitely still there, definitely super packed. It um, definitely looks safer than Lakeside? Definitely, 100%. <laughs> uh, it reminds me a lot of what my wife and I call the, the Mexican flea market that's on 28th Street in Grand Rapids, except on a grand scale. Um, and it has amusement rides. It has a, a bunch of attractions, including a large Wisdom Dragon Coaster, it's uh, almost like it's, wisdom is manufactured in Colorado. As as if, you know, <laughs> saves on shipping. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was pretty decent. I, I think we both agreed that it occupies probably like the middle ground of the overall week of rides that we were on. It was like, well, it was better than Twister 2 maybe. That's um, for sure. Uh, so it was, it was fine. We were there for like 30 minutes and... I think we spent $6 to get on the coaster, so that's pretty good. Um, you go a little bit further northeast out of town, and I think you get off. I'd have to I'd have to look at the map real quick here um, as I make tapping noises with the computer. Sorry, folks. Uh, so when you get out of Denver and you're, you're headed out north towards kind of like towards the airport but then past that you get off in hudson and you drive about five miles to this place called the wild animal sanctuary um it is a like rescue animal area it is driven by donations obviously large and small um it's pretty much all predators i would say i mean it's there's a there's a couple of smaller animals in there but it's mostly things like lions Tigers, bears, jaguars, things like that. Uh, the the area that they have for this sanctuary is, I believe it's 784 acres. And you access it as a visitor via a elevated walkway that is 1.5 miles long. It has rest stops every half, half mile, so you can go to the bathroom. Um, and there's a snack bar at the far end of it before you walk back. But the logic is that by being, you know, 30 or 40 feet in the air above the animals, 
uh, they're not intimidated by you because they don't, you know, typically get intimidated. Like bears aren't really scared of birds per se. Um, and and their enclosures are massive. I mean, you're not necessarily guaranteed to see a whole ton of animals running around because, you know, the enclosure for three or four animals might be 10 acres large. And there's 50 or so enclosures in total, some of which are, are like so far out you can barely see them, um, even from the walkway. Uh, we were very, very impressed with their stuff. They have a a new location that they are expanding out to somewhere out in the mountains, uh, which they plan to have basically kind of like a no enclosures sort of situation there. And it's 10,000 acres. Um, and that's where they're going to, you know, repopulate things like mountain lions, for example. Um, yeah, it's, it's huge and it's very cool and highly recommend going there. I, I've heard good things about the Denver Zoo. I don't want to knock that, but and this is definitely not a zoo. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the, it, so it makes it different. Yeah, it's it's very That's cool, you know. And they you get a a pretty good sized book when you go there that kind of describes it. Actually, you know, tells you what every single animal in the sanctuary is, you know, in the background of how that animal ended up there. Uh, there's a a huge population of lions that they got when. Bolivian authorities shut down all the circuses in their country that had animals. Um, other animals were, were, you know, given up from owners or animals were taken in by, uh, you know, state agencies and things like that. And they update the, the guidebooks, I want to say, on like a quarterly basis. So, you know, as animals transition in or out uh, or, you know, they get more animals and that sort of thing, usually that, you know, the guidebook has changed fairly frequently um but it's very descriptive really explains what they do quite well um it's way out there but it's it's super cool and i highly recommend it um from there we drove up into wyoming because i've never been to wyoming before well, okay we okay. we drove um we stayed in cheyenne but we drove through really quickly to go from cheyenne and we we visited laramie um which is the home of the university of wyoming there's not a whole lot going on in Laramie. I do regret <laughs> to inform everybody. Um, stopped at the Lincoln Memorial over on I-80, which is really not so much for President Lincoln, but kind of President Lincoln through the Lincoln Highway that was built in the 1910-ish, like the 1914-1916 timeframe. Um, in Cheyenne, we went to Flipper's Arcade which had a whole bunch of really good pinball, including some electromechanical machines, and uh, spent about $20 playing there and had a blast. Um, went and got Mexican food. I mean, Cheyenne and Laramie are not necessarily known as, like, you know, culinary destinations. We did have um, uh, Freddy's Steak Burgers when we were in Laramie, so that was exciting. And, um, yeah, I had a good time in Cheyenne, and then on Monday... Uh, we left Cheyenne and drove south, drove through Fort Collins. I've never been to Fort Collins before. So it was cool to see CSU's campus and, you know, see how things are out there. Then we drove to Estes Park and then kind of did the scenic drive through the mountains to Boulder. Got lunch in Boulder at a Illegal Pete's location, which is a, a good burrito chain in Colorado. 
went and did the mall in Boulder and saw Colorado's campus, which is preposterously gorgeous. Um, it's it's really a shame that it's impossible to afford living in Boulder, because I could definitely see myself working there to some degree. I, I could see myself living more in Fort Collins than I could in Boulder, because it's more affordable, especially. But, um, you know, I, I would have a tough time probably living in Colorado permanently because the park situation is so dire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, if you want to go to something other than Lakeside or or Elitch's, you're looking at, like, an eight-hour ride to to Lagoon or a flight to Disney or something, and that's that's pretty rough. Um, maybe a trip all the way across Kansas to go to, to you know, Worlds of Fun or um, Frontier City. So, anyways, we got back. Our flight was delayed an hour and a half, made our lives miserable uh, coming home. And, uh, yeah, that was the trip. So, you know, I have this weekend I'll probably be at Michigan's Adventure on Sunday. That's the oh, plan. Your, your annual trip. My annual trip, my Shivering Timbers ride. Next weekend, after that's going to be Kentucky Kingdom. I don't know what I'm doing July 4th weekend, except probably a bunch of fairs, like a lot of fairs. Um, and then July's kind of a bunch of question marks at the moment. August, I now have kind of competently booked where I know the first weekend I'm going to be going to Maine. I'm going to be flying back to New England. I'm going to be on the first flight from Detroit to Worcester, Massachusetts. So I'm going to go to Funtown, Palace Playland, probably York's Wild Kingdom, definitely Hampton Beach Casino to play their fascination, and I'm going to stop in Canopy. So I am going to go to Canopy this year. Um... I'm going to go to Knobles in August. And then... Lands for um, Storyland? I'm sorry? Storyland? Nah, we're not going to make it up to Storyland. We got we got too many things to do already. Like, I, I could have kind of fit it in, but it didn't... We would have been, like, really crunched for time, and it would have been way too stressful. Yeah, the big thing is, like, you, you wanted to have... One of, the, one of the demands from Kyle and Jenna is Jenna really wanted to play Fascination. So that's why we're flying, like, three weeks after that trip to go to Knobles. But this trip, we were like, okay, let's go do, uh, we'll go do this Hampton Beach one that's, like, kind of like a weird solo game of Fascination where you have ten balls to win tickets. So Where's one where you can win money? Hull. Okay. Hull, Massachusetts, Nantasket Beach. Right. Hmm. That's the cash game. I would, I would like to go there, and I'll, I probably will at some point. I just have to justify it in my mind to, to do, um... What's the the train park out there? Edaville. Edaville. It's it's not too too far from Edaville, and it's like the only thing that's close to Edaville. So one day. Yeah, you might as well because Curse Blast will never open. So yeah, I'll never go come. ahead. I already have it though. It. I got the credit. You son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I got that already, man. Oh I just, man, you know. was it fun or was yeah, it nothing fun. to really talk about? Okay, it looked kind of fun. Um, and then, of course, Tokyo, going there in September. You're doing Knobles in late August, right? Yeah, I'm doing it the weekend before we leave for Tokyo. Okay, yeah. I, I, I am gone for a month, beginning in August, so early August. And then, so. and then here's my September. I get back from Tokyo on the 10th. And I, fly I get back Oklahoma on the 11th. City. Yay! I fly to Oklahoma City on the 13th. Okay. 
So I have. I'm flying uh, straight back into. I'm flying straight to Orlando. <laughs> well, there I'm, you go. Yeah, yeah. A month in a month in freaking Europe, uh, and then uh, you know, 1 a.m. mornings. Uh, Horror nights is going to be held this year, and then then I start a job that go. I have yet to find. So. All right. Good. Um, yeah. So it's 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 all good. We got everything. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we'll be able to cross paths anymore. It'll happen. We'll make it happen. But, you know, I'm I got these, September. We've got obviously Japan, Frontier City, Worlds of Fun, Kansas State Fair. Yeah, I, I tell you what, though, Cedar Valley gets that thing open. <laughs> You're gonna show up. Luckily, they're open until like October sometimes. So maybe, maybe. Perfect. That would right, make a video. That sleep. thing when it opens. All right, yeah, yeah. So where can we find you on the internet? Hey, look at me doing the outro. Gods on Safari on Twitter. How about you, Alex? You can find me, uh, Coaster Spotting, on Facebook. Not Facebook. That's the last place you can find me, or never find me. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all those fun places. Go, go watch my videos. Subscribe. I hit 10,000 views. I'm pretty happy about that. I thought no yeah. one would wa ever watch, so, you know. <laughs> and we will catch you all later, hopefully, with a shorter episode that doesn't get split in half yeah we'll we'll do these more often um we should probably set a time that we should yeah, be like we'll, do, yeah, we'll, we'll do start scheduling week. things like adults yeah all right adios see you later folks <laughs>